With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here on a Tuesday as uh, as I'm looking forward to having a wrestling conversation with Cody Goodwin here in just a few minutes. Unfortunately, that conversation changed quite a bit Monday night when the Iowa Wrestling Program pressed pause on the season due to COVID-19. We knew what a week ago, not quite a week ago, that Tom Brands was shutting things down for a couple of weeks due to a positive test with him. But the Hawkeyes wrestled Sunday. They wrestled against Purdue and Ohio State, got a couple of dual wins, and we're looking forward to Friday's match at Penn State. Obviously, a, a huge dual meet for the Hawkeyes. Would have been without head coach Tom Brands as, as he was quarantined until Saturday. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, but now a, a major bummer in that we don't get to see Iowa Penn State, or at least not this weekend. And uh, we don't really know what the timetable is for this Hawkeye wrestling team. If you look around the country, COVID pauses last a differing amount of times. Michigan basketball has been out for several weeks. Uh, others come back fairly quickly. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with this Hawkeye wrestling team. You know, you just hope that something like this doesn't hamper this this season, which you know, Iowa got screwed so bad last year by the pandemic, a season in which they were certainly on their way to winning another national title, the first in a decade and the first since Penn State's uh, dynasty kind of got going. It would have been nice to, to take that mantle back. Would have happened last year, wasn't able to happen due to the pandemic, and now you start to look and say, man, I, you just hope that this doesn't create some issue uh, cease momentum in any way, shape, or form to to hurt this team uh, individually or as as a team because they've really had it going. So we'll talk to Cody Goodwin of the Des Moines Register. Uh, he's the wrestling guru in the state of Iowa, and we'll do that in just a few minutes. Before I get there, I did want to spend a few minutes and just talk about this Hawkeye basketball team. Uh, I've been doing the Instant Reaction podcast, and I appreciate y'all listening to those. Uh, but I, I just wanted to t- take a few minutes and kind of look at uh, you know, just kind of evaluate what I think and how I feel, and uh, there, there's a lot of emotion right now, and obviously uh, that that's a good thing because we all have high expectations, we all care a lot, we're all invested, uh, not just in this program, but in this specific team, this year's team. It's what we've been all looking forward to at least for a year, if not for longer than that, as we kind of saw things line up with uh, with the guys that they have on on this team, but 
things haven't gone well these last couple of weeks. Two losses to Indiana, a loss to Illinois, a loss to Ohio State. Now, you can excuse all of those in, in a variety of ways and with varying degrees of, uh, of success in the excuse, I think. But the bottom line is Iowa has lost four of, the, four of its last five games. And uh, that's not a place that any Hawkeye fan wants to be. And it's certainly not a place uh, that we feel good about. There's still a lot determined to be determined about this season and about this team. And so one thing I really want to press pause on is kind of what I think a lot of people are making kind of big judgments about this team and this program and Fran McCaffrey based on what's happened over the last couple of weeks. And I'm not sure that's that's fair. We will see what happens. And, and certainly this could be the start of – a Fran fade, right? Or a February fade, however you want to say that. And that's something I want to look at today. That's kind of the big thing I want to do here is, is go back and look at, does the Fran fade exist? Is this a, is it uh, something that just stems from that one season where it, it certainly happened and now we've all just kind of let this get into our heads and anytime Iowa loses down the stretch in a basketball season, which is going to happen with just about any team, uh, especially in a league like the Big Ten, especially the second time you play some of these teams and when the Big Ten refs start to let you play a little more physical. Um, is this a thing? Do Fran's teams fall apart at the end of the season? They certainly haven't had great marches, but they also haven't had great draws in March. They haven't had great Big Ten tournaments. There's no, no doubt about that. So let's just take a look at that real quick. Uh, let's go back to 2015-2016. That's kind of the year where this whole thing you know, started. It was Iowa into the top five after sweeping Michigan State early in the, the Big Ten season and then continuing that run and really playing well. Twenty and five and eleven and two in the Big Ten on Valentine's Day when Iowa beat Minnesota. So they improved to twenty and five at that point and eleven and two in the Big Ten. They would finish twelve and six in the Big Ten. They lost four in a row at Penn State, Wisconsin, at Ohio State, Indiana. They beat Michigan and then lost to Illinois in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. That was the year they would then go to overtime with Temple, the Adam Woodbury putback to win the first round of the tournament. Iowa was a seven-seed Temple of ten. And then Iowa lost to, I believe, eventual champion Villanova. Uh, got blown out pretty much in the, the second round of the NCAA tournament. That was a fade. That fell apart. That was a disaster. That happened, and there's really no excuse for for what happened with that team. The next season, 2016-2017, as we round the corner into February, a win over Nebraska on February 5th gives Iowa a 14-10 record, 6-5 in the Big Ten. They would then lose three in a row. Then they would win four in a row, including wins over ranked Maryland and ranked Wisconsin, both on the road. They lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament to Indiana. They went to the NIT, beat South Dakota, and lost to TCU. Obviously not a good March in that season, but not a February fade, not a Fran fade. They won four in a row to end the regular season in the Big Ten, again, including two wins at ranked teams. So there's one of three, or one of two, where there's been a legitimate fade. The 2017-2018 season... Just not a very good team. Not a very good season. And sure, <laughs> they lost one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row in February. They won then two. 
They won. Uh, they, they won their final game of the regular season and won the first game of the Big Ten tournament uh, against Illinois. Then they lost on Thursday of the Big Ten tournament against Michigan, an overtime game against Michigan. I remember that game, uh, and that was not a postseason year for the Hawkeyes. So while they didn't play well in February, I don't chalk that up to a Fran fade. I chalk that up to a, a not great team. We all remember that season. That team wasn't going anywhere. That was not a fade. Just looking at the schedule, I see another fade. Um, Iowa beats Rutgers on Saturday, February 16th, 2019. And that takes Iowa to 20-5 and again and 9-5 and in the Big Ten. So not, not nearly the Big Ten record they had a couple of years prior, but 20-5 and is the, the same regular season overall record. He lost to Maryland, then beat Indiana in overtime before four straight losses. Ohio State, Rutgers, Wisconsin, and then at Nebraska in overtime. I think we all remember that game. You beat Illinois in the first round of the Big Ten tournament and lose to Michigan in the second round. And I think that was a Michigan team that went to the Final Four or got close. Um, and then that was the the comeback against or the, the win over Cincinnati, and then the big comeback against Tennessee in the second round of the tournament, which ultimately fell short. But I would chalk that one up to a fade. So in fifteen sixteen there was a fade. In eighteen nineteen there was a fade. Was there a fade a year ago? We didn't really get to see what happened in March. Uh, but Iowa lost three or four to end the season. Now, those are explainable losses. Right, you're at Michigan State, a place Iowa almost never wins, and that was a pretty good Michigan State team. You win at home against 16th ranked Penn State, and then you get blown out against Purdue. I think it's nine points, but I was at that game. That was the last sporting event I attended. Uh, that was a blowout. Purdue ran Iowa out of its own gym. Iowa got you know made a run late to get it back within nine, and then you lost that heartbreaking game at Illinois at the end of the season. So you lost three or four to end the season, but three of those were against ranked teams. Um, and then you, you get the the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament canceled. I'm not sure that qualifies as a fade. I guess that kind of depends on where you're at with Fran McCaffrey, right? If you don't like Fran, if you're ready to for whatever reason, uh, and there are legitimate reasons to not like him or to question his coaching or to question uh, where, you know, where his ceiling is maybe with this program, uh, so if you're in that camp and, and you're not a big Fran guy, maybe you say three or four at the end of the regular season last year, losing three or four, even though they're not bad losses for the most part. And even though that team felt like it was going to make kind of a run in March, um, three or four, I, I don't know. I guess you could call that a fade if you're that type, if you're inclined to do so. I'm not. I would say that's 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 not bad enough to qualify as as fade. So there are two fades since 2015, 2016. You know, I'm really not sure it matters to go back before that. I mean, I guess if you want to, the year before that, right, 2014-15, Iowa won six in a row to end the regular season and then lost the first round of the tournament to Penn State. Oh, God, that one sucked. Uh, And then that was the year they just blew out Davidson and lost to Gonzaga in the second round of the tournament. So that that 7-10 game... 7-10 7-10 line has not been good for Iowa because you get the two seed on Sunday and you lose that game. Maybe I will be the two seed this year. We'll kind of see how this plays out. But uh, not a fade in 2014. So over the last one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, twice they've really 
kind of falling apart in February. I, I don't know how that stacks up with, you know, other teams that are other programs that are kind of of the same ilk as Iowa. Far from blue blood, but, you know, should be competing every year, should be making the tournament more often than not. Um, so is the Fran fade real? I guess we'll find out this year. I guess that's that that entire exercise. All I learned was, well, if it happens this year, I will I'll be on the bus of saying, yeah, it's a thing, it's an issue, it's a problem, it's something that needs to be addressed. If it doesn't happen this year, and I don't think it's happened yet, so don't come at me with that. There's still eight games left or something like that. Still a lot of opportunity for this team, and I still think this is a really good team. Uh, if it happens again this year, I'll, I'll be I'll be there with you. Until I see that, I'm going to stay optimistic. Uh, I'm going to feel like Iowa can beat Rutgers uh, tomorrow night. And if they do, I'll feel a lot better. I think we all will. You just need to get get one in the wind column at this point. Will C.J. Frederick be back? We don't know. Apparently he practiced a little bit on Monday and uh, and seems a little better. But it feels like this is a long-term thing that's not going to you know be better in a day or two. It's not like he's just going to come back 100%. And so you're going to have to learn how to win without him. You have to learn how to get that bench a little more consistent. You have 39 points in one game and three points or five points, no field goals in, in the next game. That's a tough thing to deal with. And so we'll just kind of see. Uh, I'm not out on this team. They're still ranked 15th. Look, those four losses are are we're not fun, right? I'm as disappointed as you are. But two of them were against now top six teams in the country. Now I. Uh, you can counter that by saying that's where we expect Iowa to be, and so they should beat some of those teams, and I think you're right about that. Um, but two of those against top six teams, and then two of them are to Indiana, who obviously just kind of has Iowa's number, plays a style that Iowa doesn't play against well, uh, gets in Iowa's face defensively, and you know there were some, some, some calls and some decisions on Sunday that put Iowa in a position to not win um, – to not win that game. And Indiana hit some big shots down the stretch. You know, you got to give them credit too. Iowa getting stops down the stretch has been an issue, and that needs to be shored up here very quickly. But we're going to find out how good this team is. We're going to find out whether or not they fade in February. And, and hopefully this year, unlike last year, we'll get a chance to see what this team does in March. I'm not out yet. You know, I've got that little sick feeling in my stomach just like the rest of you, but I'm, I'm holding that down. I'm pushing it back. I'm staying optimistic. Um until this team makes me go out on them or I be out, uh, I will stay in with this Hawkeye team. In just a minute, I'm going to call up Cody Goodwin. We're going to talk a little Hawkeye wrestling. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And Cody Goodwin of the Des Moines Register joins me now. He is the wrestling guru in the state of Iowa. Seriously, if you care about wrestling at all. Whether it's the Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, it's high school, it's it's the girls' state championships, anything like that, uh, give Cody a follow. Follow his work at uh, at the Des Moines Register. He is the guy to uh, to follow, and he's the guy I talk to when I want to talk wrestling. What's up, Cody? Thank you for the time today. 
Not a problem. Thanks for having me on again. I like these uh, recurring appearances. I just, I'm, I'm, we're about to get into this, but I wish we were actually talking about wrestling today, you know? I uh, know, man. You know, about about 18 hours ago, I was super excited for this conversation. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm still excited about it, and I'm still excited for the season and, and to kind of hear your outlook on things and, and to go back and look at Sunday's dual matches and all of that. But we obviously got the news uh, late Monday night, or I guess early in the evening Monday, that uh, the Iowa wrestling program has paused activities due to COVID in the program. We knew last week that head coach Tom Brands had tested positive um, and that, that he was going to miss a couple of weeks and, and unfortunately was going to miss this Friday's uh, duel with Penn State, the one that we've all kind of had circled on our calendar since they released the schedule. But now the entire team's going to miss this, Cody. So, so I guess just first of all, what, is this, what do you know about this and, and what does this mean for this team uh, as we sit here today? Yeah, so I mean, as of Sunday, um, I mean, they had gotten up to three positive tests in total. Um, so, I mean, you're talking Tom Brands was the big one that was announced last week. The Sunday before that, um, Iowa was uh, wrestling Illinois, um, but before the duel even took place, the program announced that Alex Marinelli, um, two-time All-American, two-time Big Ten champ, um, he was into the uh, COVID-19 protocols. Um, and then before Sunday's uh, tri-duel tri against both Purdue and Ohio State, the program announced that Caleb Young, um, All-American starting 157-pounder, he was also in the COVID-19 protocol. So you tag those three together, um, you know, and that kind of led to the decision to Iowa to kind of shut things down for a little while, which I, I think it was the smart decision. Um, you know, I, it, it, you know, Alex Marinelli test positive, and, you know, you're kind of thinking, okay, you know, hey, it's a one-off. They, they need to be extra cautious. Tom Brands test positive, and it's like, okay, that's probably when you probably need to look in the mirror and say, you know, hey, do we, do we need to kind of put this on the shelf for a minute? You know, then they got the third one on Sunday. Um, you know, there's probably an argument that they should not have wrestled Sunday. And I totally understand that just kind of given where this thing is headed. Um, you know, but they made that decision on Monday um, to, to bring it down. It didn't shock me really that they decided to do this. Um, you know, it, it's really unfortunate, right, because of Friday's duel coming up. And, and you know, you kind of look ahead to, to even next weekend, too. They've got a Friday-Sunday doubleheader. They host Northwestern on Friday, or they're scheduled to at least. And then they travel up to Wisconsin on the on that on that Sunday, so that's February nineteenth through the through the twenty first, um, you know, and that's the end of their regular season as scheduled at the moment. So, um, you know, you wonder if you know if this pause does last two weeks, that kind of wipes out the rest of their competitions. But they that means they would also come back February twenty second. That would be day fourteen, um, or at least day fifteen. That would you know, in theory, if this pause only lasts two weeks, that's when they'd come back, and that would give them two weeks to get ready for the Big Ten championship. So, um, you know, it does kind of suck, but. You know, at the same time, if you're thinking long term, and I know a lot of Iowa wrestling fans are thinking longer term, they're thinking about March and ensuring that they have the opportunity to compete in March. Um, this, 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 I think, was probably the best decision they could have made. Let's say that that does happen, and that is the timeline. And February 22nd, the day after their final scheduled regular season duel, uh, is when they can return. Is there any point? Is there any hope? Is, is, in your mind, there a reason to try to reschedule any of these you know, potentially missed duels before that March 6th, March 7th Big Ten Championship? Yeah, I think there, I, there's tons of reasons, you know, competitively, just, you know, maybe these schools can recoup some gate. Um, you know, I think there's I, I, the immediate thing that probably came to my mind. And, you know, I, I'm basing this off two weeks because that's that's kind of been the standard. Right. I know Penn State actually had to pause. That was in mid-January. And so they, they announced their pause on January 13th. I don't think they wrestled their first duel until January 30th. So, you know, that's about that's a 17 day window right there. Um, you know, Michigan, 
it wasn't of their doing. I think this was more the Michigan of Department of Public Health. They, they had to shut down the entire athletics department for a couple of weeks. I think they're back in action this coming weekend. They're going to wrestle Ohio State. Um, so two weeks just kind of seems to be the, you know, the, the natural, you know, hey, this is, when, this is how long we're going to kind of sit. Um, you know, which makes a lot of sense when you think about, you know, football and some of these other things, you know, where COVID has kind of thrown a wrench into things. Two weeks seems to just kind of be the standard. Um, I, I think there is, you know, I, go, going back off that, let's say, you know, like you said, they come back February 22nd, we're assuming here. Um, you know, I think there is a possibility that maybe that weekend, February 26, 27, 28, that they try and reschedule some duels, um, you know, whether it's Northwestern, whether they, you know, make the drive up to Wisconsin, um, or maybe they try to put Penn State, Iowa back on the schedule, or maybe even this was my first idea, honestly, they come back to 22nd. Um, you know, Michigan couldn't wrestle Iowa because they had COVID issues. Iowa can't wrestle Penn State because Iowa has COVID issues. Um, because of Michigan's COVID issues, they weren't able to wrestle Penn State a couple weeks ago. Um, why not get all three of those guys in the same building the last regular season weekend and, and bang out a tri-duel where they all get to wrestle each other? I think that'd be tremendous. Um, you know, I, regardless of the score, it gives all of those guys just another opportunity to compete before the Big Ten championships. It kind of allows Iowa to maybe get the two-week rust off if they do end up building some rust, you know, so they're able to you know, maybe wrestle a week and then they can really kind of hone in and focus on the Big Ten championships the week after that. Um, I know that the Big Ten is going to try and work with some teams. They intentionally left that weekend on the schedule open on the off chance that they could try and reschedule some of these duels because I know that, you know, Rutgers has had some issues. Obviously, Penn State and Michigan have missed a handful of duels. Now Iowa's going to miss at least one, maybe more. Um, you know, there, there is a chance that maybe they take that weekend to try and reschedule a few of these duels just to open up the opportunity of competition for some of these guys. So I don't think that's out of the question. Um, it's just kind of on the Big Ten and, and some of these other schools to just try and figure out what, what's the most um, practical option for them that weekend. And, you know, there might be some other teams that say, no, we don't, we don't want to do this. We want to take that week off to relax and recoup before the Big Ten tournament. So it's, you know, that there's a lot of moving parts here, but I think there's absolutely an opportunity that we could see this duel get back on the schedule for sure. I really hope that that's the case. And I think what you just laid out, that, that tri-duel between Michigan, Iowa, Penn State on that final weekend of February is, is exactly what uh, they should be aiming for. And uh, <laughs> any Big Ten fan knows that uh, the, the logical, reasonable, fun thing to do may not be what they ultimately do. Uh, <laughs> we've seen that a lot this year. But hopefully we can uh, keep our, our fingers crossed for that. Let's say that doesn't happen. And let's say Iowa is now just on pause until the Big Ten tournament. Are, are these is this team good enough? I guess are these guys like Mirinelli and Young who have missed even more time? I think Spencer Lee. We're all kind of assuming he's good enough to he he could not wrestle for three years and come back and win a national title. He's just that good. Uh, are these other guys that that are in contention that have high hopes that have big uh, expectations? Are they good enough? Do you think to? miss two, two, three weeks and, and have that rust and then come back with all the pressure on them uh, for the Big Tens and then the NCAAs a couple weeks after that? I think so. I mean, you look at the way this team kind of handled the way it went down last year. Um, you know, they, it, you know, the NCAA championships were canceled last year. Um, you know, I think that result came about, I think, exactly six or seven days before that tournament was supposed to start and that they actually weren't, you know, allowed to meet as a team because of these COVID-19 um, you know, protocols that they had in place initially, they weren't allowed to meet as a team. I don't think until, you know, sometime earlier this fall, maybe it was sometime in August or like late August, early September. So that's a lot of time away from the team. These guys are used to maybe, you know, practicing or working out together regularly. I'm sure some of these guys probably got together because like, you know, they're all roommates. They're all around each other. They, they all live close to each other. They're all neighbors, you know, outside of, you know, wrestling where the, you know, where they live on and off campus. 
Um, you know, so they might have to go back to some of those things, right? Like there's nothing that they can do. They can't meet with the coaching staff. They can't get into Carver Hawkeye arena. Um, you know, but they're, you know, they can, they can go running. Um, you know, they can do other certain workouts. Those guys that don't have to isolate, you know, I'm pretty sure Marinelli and Caleb Young and Tom Brands are all on maybe different timelines than some of these other guys. Um, you know, so I, you know, there, there are things that they can probably do to stay in shape, which is kind of what they did, you know, the, um, you know, during this real, this first pause. Um, you know, I know that they were able to get on the mat some in, in November, um, you know, at a couple of different competitions, they hosted their own, the Hawkeye wrestling club showdown that those guys were able to get some freestyle matches in. And, um, you know, the U 23 and the junior freestyle and Greco national championships were in Omaha later that month. And so those guys were able to go out and get the matches. So it's not like they came into the 2021 season, totally cold. Um, but it was an irregular off season. They didn't get quite the same training or the same. Um, you know, just things were different. Things were irregular and they came out of the gates firing, right? Like they came out and laid it on thick against Nebraska. Um, you know, after this weekend's duel, they were five and oh, and they were five very decisive victories. I thought, um, you know, and that's even with Marinelli and Caleb Young missing the last few duels. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that this is a team, you know, it's a bunch of high character guys that just really love wrestling and they understand kind of the task that's at hand this year. And so, um, it wouldn't shock me at all if, you know, if they stay on pause and they kind of miss the rest of these competitions and we don't see them live again until the Big Ten tournament, that I think they'll be okay. There might be some guys that handle it better than others, but, you know, the truth will be revealed once the whistles blow on uh, March 6th in State College. Wrestling is uh, is certainly Iowa's top sport uh, overall, but let's be honest, a lot of Hawkeye fans are kind of casual fans, certainly throughout the season and, and until it gets to, you know, the Big Tens and the NCAAs, and so you could, uh, you could forgive somebody for kind of looking at this schedule so far and seeing that absolute beatdown of Nebraska, a beatdown of Minnesota, a beatdown of Illinois, you miss that duel against Michigan, and then you come to Sunday, and you have the two back-to-back duels, you're at Purdue, and then against Ohio State in West Lafayette as well, and Cody, a lot of us Hawkeye fans were focused Sunday morning at 11 o'clock on the Iowa basketball team, and uh, and, and an, an issue there as they played Indiana and, and lost, and then you know kind of lamenting the loss and maybe getting ready for the Super Bowl as Iowa is wrestling Ohio State. And so maybe we didn't watch every match like you did from Sunday's, uh, Sunday's couple of dual matches, and when you look at the score or when you're following it on Twitter, it seemed a little closer than these others had. And, you know, you can you can just, I guess, right now look and say, well, Marinelli Young, uh, Spencer Lee didn't wrestle against Purdue. Is it just a matter of they didn't have their full complement of guys? Are these other teams a little better? Uh, did Iowa not look as good? What was the deal? Uh, you know, as you said, two wins, and you said two dominant wins. On the scoreboard, they don't look as dominant as the ones before that. Is there anything for Hawkeye fans to be worried about from what you saw on Sunday? No, I don't think so. This, I mean, this was a case of, you know, Iowa's backups who, you know, they're backups for a reason, right? Those guys are still Division One wrestlers. They're very talented, but, you know, they, they were kind of put in a tough situation, um, you know, because I'm not sure that Caleb Young, you know, I, he was pulled, I think, off of the team for his positive test um, fairly close to, you know, when those guys were getting ready to travel to West Lafayette. Um, so, you know, you, you, you insert a handful of backups. And not only a handful of backups, but I mean, you know, Caleb Young and Alex Marinelli were expected to get really, really tough matches against both of those teams. Um, you know, I know against Purdue at 157 pounds, Purdue has a, has a really tough 57 pounder in Kendall Coleman. He was a Big Ten finalist last year. I think he's good enough to, you know, perhaps be in that top six tier of All-American um, potential. Um, he's very, very good. Um, you know, that's, that's a tough ask for a guy like Zach Axmere to go in and wrestle a guy like that. 
Um, you know, Kendall Coleman ended up winning that one, eighteen to six. He scored a handful of takedowns. It was just, it was, it was pretty lopsided, and and I kind of expected that. Um, you know, at one sixty-five um, against Ohio State, um, that's Ethan Smith. Um, he's a really tough dude, man. That's, I mean, that would have been, I think, a top five or a top six matchup if Alex Marinelli had wrestled. Um, you know, because he's ranked second nationally, so you know he's really, really good. He took care of. Uh, um, you know, I think Axmir wrestled both 57 and 65 between the two duels. So, you know, tough day for Zach Axmir, right? Um, but, you know, they, they, at, uh, you know, against Ohio State, they, Iowa wrestled a true freshman, Brett Lee Reyna. He's a guy from Florida. He wrestled 57 um, against Elijah Cleary, who's, who's a pretty a tough seasoned wrestler from Ohio State. Um, Reyna wrestled pretty tough. He ended up losing that match 4-3, but he scored the first takedown. He, he wrestled really well defensively. Maybe needs a little bit of work um, on pulling the trigger on offense. But, you know, I thought overall he wrestled pretty well. Um, you know, Ohio State, I think, got another win at 149 pounds. Uh, Sammy Sasso, who was, you know, he was just announced as the Big Ten Wrestler of the Week this week, he ended up pinning Max Murin, which maybe not indicative of how that match ultimately went. But Sammy Sasso, that's, that's a guy that could win a national title this year. He's really, really good. Um, Max Murin was right there with him and just got kind of got caught in a bad position. Um, you know, and then you look at the Purdue duel. Um, they were able to get a win at 125 pounds because, you know, Spencer didn't wrestle that match. And the guy they have there, Devin Schroeder, he's really, really tough. Um, you know, Max Lyon at 184 ended up beating Nelson Brand six to one. Max Lyon's a, a name that Iowa high school wrestling fans should know pretty well. He was a two-time state champ from Western Dubuque. Um, so he had maybe a little bit of size, a little bit of savvy, and maybe a little bit more wrestling know-how and knowledge about how to take care of Nelson Brand. So he was able to win, you know, one position in that match, which ended up winning the entire match, really. Um, so I, nothing really kind of popped. I mean, those scores are going to be a little bit weirder than, you know, 32 to six or 36 to six, the way they beat Nebraska and Illinois. Um, you know, I think that the finals ended up 31-18 and 33-14, but, you know, that should tell you really, you know, without two, you know, a couple of starters for both duels and then Spencer didn't wrestle in the Purdue duel, um, that should tell you how good this Iowa team is, that they can, you know, still win these duels against pretty good teams by, you know, multiple touchdowns, so to speak. Um, you know, they're able to take care of business like that. So I, it was more just the backups were in and, and not only were the backups in, but they wrestled really tough guys. And, you know, sometimes that happens and, you know, credit to the rest of Iowa starters for really picking up the slack when it came to bonus points. You know, Tony Cassiope had two pins and two duels. Jaden Ironman had two pins. Um, Austin DeSanto beat both of his guys by technical fall. I mean, he outscored both of his opponents 42-12 to 12 this weekend. That's a little ridiculous. Um, Spencer got a pin against Ohio State. Michael Kemmer got a pin against Purdue. Jacob Warner had two tough wins, including a major decision against Ohio State. I mean, you know, the, the suit, I mean, that's, you know, here we are talking about a couple of matches here and there that Iowa dropped, and, and yeah, the matches were close at points during the duel, but, you know, they were still able to pull away because there's just so much firepower on this team. So once everybody gets fully healthy, I mean, that should, that should tell you, you know, you're, you'll get back to, you know, the 32-6s, to sixes, the 36-6s to sixes types of duel scores if they're able to get a couple more duels in this season. So not, nothing to worry about, just a couple of backups going up against a, against a couple of buzzsaws on the opposing team. Another guy missing on Sunday was Tom Brands, obviously, as he tested positive for COVID and, and was out. How how much of a change is that then when, when your head coach is there? And obviously Terry Brands, uh, you know, he doesn't just look and sound like Tom Brands. He's a he's a hell of a wrestler in his own right. I'm sure he's a hell of a coach. Could probably be a head coach uh, just about anywhere else he wanted, but wants to stay at Iowa, has a son on the team, obviously, now in Nelson. Uh, but how much, how much difference is it, you know, I've, again – for us novice kind of wrestler fans, us casual wrestling fans, when a coach isn't there in the moment, in the match, at the duel, in like you know how much in-game uh, changes can be made? Uh, is there a a big step back from Tom Brands to Terry Brands when it comes to being the coach on the mat for this team? 
For the Hawkeyes, not really. Um, you know, you might see that with some other programs where if the head coach isn't there for whatever reason, you know, the, the, his voice is missing in, in pre-match huddles or in the locker room or whatever the case may be on the bus drive out there. Um, you know, sometimes that can have an impact. You know, the, the leader's not there. How is everybody else going to respond? I mean, fortunately for Iowa, they literally have as close to an exact copy of Tom Brands as you can get with Terry Brands, right? And so, you know, him being there, Morningstar was still there. The assistant coach, Ryan Morningstar, another assistant coach, Bobby Telford, was there as well. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, those guys were all there just kind of helping him lead. And, I, you know, I think they understood um, that when, you know, the, the news came out that Tom Brands had tested positive, that they were going to have to sit for, you know, it was going to be a regular for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, because I'm not sure that Tom was going to make the trip to Penn State on Friday either, had that duel remained on the schedule. So, um, you know, I think they were ready for this, um, you know, and I think it kind of showed you just kind of the overall maturity and the overall focus, I think, of this Iowa team that, you know, Tom Brands may not be there, and I'm not sure how big of a difference it would have made, but clearly it didn't make too big of a difference when it came to the scoreboard overall, um, you know, because those guys went out and, you know, I think they ended up winning 13 of 20 total matches between the two duels, and they had 10 bonus point wins. So, you know, if anything, maybe they were a little bit more zeroed in and maybe a little bit more focused that because Tom wasn't there and because Marinelli and Young weren't there that, you know, hey, we, we have to go in here. We have to take care of business. We have to do what we need to do in order to, you know, maybe help out the backups a little bit. And, um, you know, I, not a huge drop off at all, I think, for, for Iowa, which, you know, that's, that's, that says a lot about the coaching staff and the way that they've kind of helped prepare this team, but also just, you know, a credit to the wrestlers, too, that, you know, hey, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the program right now, but they still came out of the weekend um, smelling like a rose, right? Absolutely. Cody Goodwin, uh, a couple of weeks ago when you and I spoke, I, I asked you the question, is Spencer Lee, uh, does he have a, the potential of being the greatest Hawkeye wrestler ever? And, and you, I, th I think we were pretty clear in saying, yes, he has that type of potential, even though that's a really, really high bar to clear. Four matches into his season, he has four first period falls. When will Spencer Lee be challenged this season? Uh, you know, there there were both of the matches this weekend I thought were going to be really exciting, um, you know, because Devin Schroeder is, you know, that would have been a rematch, uh, you know, from Purdue. That would have been a rematch of the Big Ten Championships last year where, you know, Spencer ended up beating him. I think it was 16-2 to two was the final score. Um, you know, and then Ohio State's Malik Heinzelman, um, he's another 25-pounder who's kind of worked his way into the top 10, top 12, depending on the poll you use. And, you know, he's had a really strong season. He's really made some some giant steps forward. I was excited to see Spencer match up against both of those guys. Um, just because I think both of those guys are kind of, you know, they're they're all American contenders. They kind of ha they have that potential, and you know, to see them stack up against Spencer Lee, can they get out of the first period? Um, you know, what kind of challenges do they present? I mean, clearly Schroeder, um, you know, he's a tough guy on top. He ended up, you know, turning Aaron Cashman, who's you know Iowa's backup twenty five pounder, turned him a handful of times, and ended up winning that one by technical fall in the second period. Um, you know, Malik Heinzelman and Schroeder ended up wrestling later in the day, and I think uh, Schroeder ended up winning that one one zero. So you know, they're pretty close. So this would have been an exciting season or an exciting weekend, excuse me, to see Spencer Russell, um, you know, both of those guys. Um, you know, I know Northwestern has a pretty tough 25-pounder, Michael D'Agostino. So that, I think, you know, if that duel ends up getting off the ground, that'll be a fun one. Um, you know, same thing with Wisconsin's Eric Barnett. That's another guy who, you know, probably not in Spencer's tier, but he's had a pretty strong start to the season so far. So it'd be kind of interesting to see those guys match up. Um, there might be a couple guys in the Big Ten that can take him the distance. Otherwise, we may not see a true... Um, you know, full seven-minute match first from Spencer Lee until we get to the NCAA championships, which, you know, that kind of speaks to how dominant he's been, he, how dominant he's looked, and, um, you know, really just kind of how good he is overall, right, that we're even, you know, hey, we, we might be a month 
plus away from seeing a full seven minute match from Spencer Lee. Um, you know, that's not a knock on his opponents. Again, that's just, you know, this, this guy's otherworldly and maybe sometimes not even from planet Earth the way he wrestles. It's fun. It's been fun to watch, and it will continue to be so, even though we have to take a little break here, Cody. Uh, I appreciate the time I, you know, from your lips to Big Ten schedulers' ears on that tri-duel on uh, the final weekend of, uh, of February between Iowa, Michigan, and Penn State. We'll hope that something like that gets put together and hope that we get to see this Hawkeye team on the map before the Big Tens. Either way, I will be hitting you up again to talk wrestling as we get closer to those Big Ten championships and then, of course, the all-important NCAA championships. I mean, as, as unfair as it may be, the bar for this program is set at national championship. And uh, well, I think they would have gotten there a year ago. I think they can certainly get there again this year. And so we'll be uh, we'll be looking for your wrestler wrestling expertise a couple of more times here as we uh, head into the spring. Righteous. Thanks so much again, Andrew. And we will keep our fingers crossed for the hopeful Iowa Penn State Michigan Tridal. I think that'd be a hoot for wrestling fans everywhere. And um, you know, hey, Big Ten, if you're listening to this, let, let's get that lined up, whether it's in Iowa City, Ann Arbor, or State College. I think that'd be a blast. Man, it's fun to talk wrestling with someone who really, really knows what they're talking about. You know, I, I wrestled in high school. I wrestled in middle school and high school, uh, picked it up in about sixth grade and, and really, really loved it, partially because I was terrible at basketball. Uh, but it was a sport that, like, a guy built like me could really do something in. I was never a great wrestler, but I had a lot of fun with it. You know, I pinned my fair share of guys. I've gotten my ass kicked my fair share of times. Uh, being the third of four boys, I, I was used to both of those things. Um but it's just fun to talk with Cody, who really knows what he's talking about, really pays attention, really you know is, is covering this stuff on a day-to-day basis, knows these guys from high school, covers them through college, and, uh, and we will be uh, continuing to go to him as we want to talk wrestling here on this podcast. Begun, because, again, as I said at the end, as unfair as it is, the bar is national championship, and that's the expectation. Um, and, and I think this team is certainly capable of doing that, and we will see. Uh, hopefully they get that opportunity and get back from this COVID pause uh, very quickly. Keep up to date with HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, Rick Brown, Rob Howe, John Bonencamp, a bunch of really good stuff uh, always on, on the website. Recruiting, basketball stories. Rick uh, Rob Howe has a cool kind of, hey, where are your expectations with this basketball team right now? His are set at the Sweet 16. I think that's the the bare minimum for success. It'll all depend, like it always does, it'll all depend on how it plays out. It's easy to sit here and say, well, if Iowa gets to a Sweet 16 and then loses, um, I'll I'll be happy with that. It'll depend on how they lose and who who they lose to, who they had to beat to get to a Sweet 16. A Sweet 16 is a little less sweet if you're a 4 seed that beats a 13 and then a 12, right? It's a little more sweet if you're a 4 seed that beats a 13 and then a 5. Um, if you're a two seed, it, it, you know who knows where this team's going to go or what's going to happen here. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> and and I've, I've tried to make this point a couple of times, and I'm just going to do very quickly here before I close this podcast. Just try to appreciate this. Try to enjoy it, even in the losses. And I know the losses aren't fun, and they're not fun for anybody. Um, but like, like the game... The, the last couple of games, the, the, the Indiana game, not as much. Both Indiana games, not as much. But, like, the Illinois and Ohio State losses, those are great basketball games. Those are fun basketball games. It sucks that ultimately our team lost, and we can't look back on those and kind of reminisce on, on all the good times. But those are exciting, high-intensity uh, basketball games with really between really good teams in a really good league, uh, and, and they're playing hard. And so this is fun. This is the fun part. 
if if just winning is the only fun thing, it's going to be tough. So let's try to appreciate the things we have. Luca Garza is going to be gone pretty soon. Jordan Bohan is going to be gone pretty soon. We don't know how much more time we have with Joe Wieskamp. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what this – and the future looks bright, right? We're excited to see what the future looks like. It, it looks good right now. But let's not uh, let's not you know rush to get there as as we you know appreciate watching the greatest player to ever put on a Hawkeye uniform in in Luca Garza and, and one of the best three point shooters in Big Ten history in Jordan Bohannon. Uh, let's appreciate this and and enjoy it and hopefully I will be back Wednesday evening to talk about a big Hawkeye win over a ranked Rutgers team. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Cody Goodwin. Go Hawks.